you're so good. So I want to backtrack. Okay. To it was June of 2023. Yes. And introverted me went to the pool at our apartment complex. You were dropping some eaves. I, w- I was dropping eaves. Oh, yeah. I 100% was. I 100% was. And the reason why she yeah. says that is because um, Tess over here was talking about her amazing trip that she just won on. Yeah. And I was like, I'm supposed to, because I was just listening to uh, a sermon uh-huh. where it was like, you got to be uh, a Jesus person all the time. It's great to talk about God yeah. and like all these different things. I was like, oh, my God. Should I say something? Should yeah, I'm so something? glad you did. Yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was like, hey, um, <laughs> my name is Nick. I don't even think I have someone. I'm like, hey, you're talking about God. Can you repeat what you're well, talking about? Well, I actually knew you were listening the entire time. Because, <laughs> did you really? Yeah, because you have a cross, a, a religious tattoo. I did. And oh, I think you yeah. had your cross on. Yep. And I was like, yeah, he's probably listening. And that's okay. <laughs> like, he'll get something out of, it, out of this too. Because I'm that person too. I'm in airports all the time. So yeah. I'm like constantly listening to other people's conversations. And I love it. I just think it's, I think it's fun. Yeah. 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 So I didn't mind at all. It was oh, great. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was, I was listening and you were talking about your trip to Israel mm-hmm. and honestly, all right, how do I want to start this? First okay, of all, okay. Tess Hammock, thank you for being on. Thank you podcast. for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. It's okay. a pleasure. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. All right. So now that we got that out of the way, um, we can, we, we just, let's, um, that was like the, what's it called? It was like, not the hint. It was like the, um, teaser. Yes. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> You're so welcome. just the teaser. Really quick though, let's just start with who you are, what do you do for work, and mm-hmm. then we'll go from there. Yeah. So my name's Tess Hammock, and nice to meet you. I, thank you so much. It's Nick. like the second time I met you. So yep. I know this is great. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I enjoy it though. I'm so down to say yeah. this is such a tangent, but my mom really raised me with this um, need to say yes because I don't want to miss out on anything, Ooh. and so I'm always like, yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, Sounds like, great. Yeah, full send. Yeah. Just go for it. Yeah. Um, it's gotten me into some real pickles, but oh. uh, it's also gotten me into some really cool places. And that's too. the best part. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, <laughs> But anyway, okay, so my name is Tess Hammock, and mm-hmm. I actually do work in production, which is exciting. I have my own production company, Mom's Attic, which is really exciting. And there's a whole story behind the name and, yeah. and, and how that came to be. But right now, um, I am an on-air guest for QVC, which is the home shopping network. Super fun um, home shopping channel. So I will peddle some products for you, which is exciting. <laughs> uh, I'm actually heading up there um, end of the week. So I work out of Atlanta and Philadelphia, Oh, which is great. So you're going to go to Philadelphia? Oh, yeah. Or? I go all the time. Oh, yeah, cool. that's like I'm always flying, always <laughs> flying to Philadelphia. Um, but then also I have my own show on Fox 5 Atlanta, which is on Good Day Atlanta. It's called Casting Call with Tess Hammock. And it's really exciting that's because so cool. it's really fun. Yeah. It's a blast because we get to show people who are not in the entertainment industry what it is and people who are trying to access being maybe background actors or extras, people who have you know, a desire to be in that industry, mm-hmm. even if it's just adjacent, mm-hmm. um, like working on a set, being a caterer for a movie, you know, just some really great opportunities. And then general news about the entertainment industry here in Georgia, because it is growing yeah, so much. A lot. Uh, Wait, so, so you, exciting. you, um, so your show is essentially to like teach people how to get these different things. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And it's exciting. And so we bring them castings. So, um, like, okay, this is a good example. Cobra mm-hmm. Kai. Yeah. It's filming season six here. And so oh. we're like constantly bringing you these extras calls and um, Stranger Things is always filming here too. Tyler Perry has a lot of productions here. Warner Brothers is going to be filming Superman next year Yeah, here at Trillith in Fayetteville. No way. Yeah. So we'll need extras for that too. And so like this is all 
a kind of a public service to show people, okay, hey, if you want to be in the entertainment industry, this yeah. is a great way to do it. Uh, starting as an extra, as background, and um, you know, and then again with crew jobs, we didn't just want it to be people in front of the screen because mm -hmm. it's it, it takes it's so funny. The entertainment industry is like an iceberg. What you see on screen, like you know, the Barbie movie that was just released, what yeah. you saw on screen was great. It was maybe five percent of all the work that went into it. Yep. So much pre-production, -produ post-production, everything. And there's so many people involved in it. That's why the credits are like 20 minutes long and they're <laughs> rolling at, they're rolling really quickly, but they take so long because there's so many people. So they're that involved. was, that was another way for us to have a public service. So if you want to be involved in it, but maybe you're not an actor, maybe you're not on screen, this is a great way to, yeah. How did you get involved That's in that? That's so fun. That gets a great <laughs> question. Um, actually, I'm very thankful. God was very kind with that because um, a girlfriend of mine, mm -hmm. we led a Bible study together for three years mm. and um, her mother knew that I loved doing TV work. I felt very called to it my whole life and used to do pre-service announcements in the show at my old church before I moved. And so, you know, the Bible is really clear. There's a verse and I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. And I'm, I'll look it up before no, you publish okay, this. Okay. Don't worry about but it. it says, um, a man's gift brings him before kings. Yes. I really love that verse because God gifts you with specific traits and talents. Yep. And I think it's really special when you can fully lean into that and yep. really work in it. And then it opens doors for you when you're leaning into your calling. Yep. And then you you give the glory back to God. And Simone Biles said this. She said, the blessings come down to me. The glory goes up to God. So I've always thought about that. And so sometimes I'm like, God, why do you continue to bless me? Like I mess up all the time. And, I'm, you know, sometimes I'm not that smart. And, you know, I'm just really kind of winging it out here. Um, but yeah, so her mom knew, my friend's mom knew that I really wanted to do more TV work. I loved QVC, which was great, but I was trying to build my book and, and get more opportunities. And she introduced me to the manager of Fox 5, who was married to one of her best friends. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so it's just, it's it's telling people what you want to do yeah. and showcasing your gifts yeah. um, and being humble about it at the same time <laughs> that people want to help you. Yes. I found that people really want to help if they can. Yep. I think that gives people a really good sense of... Um, Fulfillment, maybe? Fulfillment, yeah. And that's why my word for 2024 is generosity because mm. I feel like I've built enough kind of up here. I'm always going to be building. Trust me, I'll never stop. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just hungry go. for more. Um, but I think I've kind of gotten to the point now where I feel like I can kind of turn back and help people along the way. That's amazing. So, all right. Friends Mom introduces you. Yeah. Person of Fox. Mm hmm um, do they go to you and they were like, Hey, do you want a job? Do they go to you? And they were like, Hey, show me your portfolio. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, I don't have a portfolio. No, yet. no, I actually, I had a real, I had a resume. Let's and so go. I went ahead and sent it to him. Did um, you go to school for this or no, I didn't. I have an agriculture degree. Uh, let's go. I have a degree in cows and corn. <laughs> oh, I love but it. From the best university in the state, That's in the right. land, the university of Georgia, go dogs. <laughs> yeah. I went I, to Kentucky. Oh, oh. <laughs> this <is laughs> That's awesome. terrible. Hey, we're both SEC. So that's good. That's right. That's really good. Okay. Agriculture um, degree. Agriculture degree. Yeah. Totally led to, to film production yep. and whatnot. I know it's, it's a, it's a, not a, not a far job, you know? So how did you build that resume then? Mm -hmm. Were you doing side projects or how'd that go? Oh my gosh. Okay. Nick, 
we're going to be here for like four hours. Mm, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> um, no. So actually, when I was younger, I mm. did. Um, this is kind of how TV started. When I was younger, I competed in pageants. Oh. And so I was competing in the Miss, Miss America system. And you have to have a platform, which is kind of your community service that you do. And I didn't have one. I was like. I think 13, yeah. 12 or 13. <laughs> and I always liked dogs, always loved animals, always had a dog. And so I told my mom, I was like, let's let's go, um, you know, volunteer for this dog rescue organization. And it was in my tiny little suburban hometown of Forsyth, Georgia, which is great, but it's teeny weeny. <laughs> and um, so I think it was, like I said, 13, volunteer for this. And one day, one of the head volunteers came up to me and said, hey, we always get a spot on the local news for, you know, Saturday morning shows. We show the dog and then we talk about good pet ownership practices. Would you want to do that? And I thought I was like, oh, I'm so special. I'm so great and well-spoken. No, it was because nobody else wanted to wake up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday. And of course, I'm like, yes, I'll do it. You know, I was so flattered. And I was like, of course they want me. My mom hated me because oh, no. she, I couldn't drive. Yeah. I didn't have a license. So like I was also volunteering my mom. This is amazing. Yeah, it was. she was like, what did you do? <laughs> but we had a great time. Oh. And we got some dogs adopted that way. Yeah. But I remember the very first time I did the weekend segment. It wasn't long. I think mm -hmm. it was maybe five minutes. Mm -hmm. um, we went to the studio and I loved all the cameras and the lights. And it was a small local news station. It wasn't huge. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to 13WMAZ straight from the heart. <laughs> but I, I remember when the camera started rolling, it was like it just became this really natural, natural. thing. And I mm -hmm. felt like it was a flow and it felt great. And I was a little bit nervous. Obviously, I was 13 yeah. going on TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was not a child actor. So <laughs> that was it was my first time. And then through that process, I did it all through high school. Nice. So um, basically five years. Oh, wow. Most right. Saturday mornings. You had film. Yeah. Okay. But it was funny. I don't have any footage of that time. Oh, I have not a one. I'm sure I could call, but gosh, I mean, <laughs> we'd, like, have, we'd have hey, to go back. <laughs> pro I promise. I promise I did this. Where's the footage? I don't know. It I don't know where exist. it is. I don't remember what days I was there. I'm sure I could look back and find it. But, um, but yeah, so that was kind of my introduction to TV, public speaking, mm -hmm. and then decided um, not to pursue a journalist or broadcast degree mm -hmm. because I had this picture in my mind of having to move to some armpit town in Kansas yep. for a $20,000 yep. job and be away from my family. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. So you chose agriculture. So instead. I chose agriculture. <laughs> Actually, the full degree was agriculture communication. Oh, so okay, I was still okay. getting a little bit of comms Get degree. Get it right, Nick. Gosh. No, it's okay. I didn't say that at the beginning. <laughs> no, you can, you okay. can roll it back. <laughs> we have tape. But, um, but yeah, so after that, I worked in... Um, politics and government. Uh, okay. Don't ask why. Okay. Um, I actually got a fellowship in college. I worked in DC for a little bit. I nice. was an intern on the Hill, which was really fun. And yeah. I think anyone and everyone should have some type of internship with either state or local government, just so you can kind of see what it's like. Okay. Yeah. Just to see what it's all about. I think, you know, to at least understand the political process a little bit is very helpful. Nice. So that's always good. I always encourage people to just take a summer, take a couple of weeks or watch a really good documentary 
Got it. <laughs> do that. I can do that. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> I know an internship, but we're a little bit past that now. Um, went into politics, okay. and because um, my family has a political background, I've had some folks in my family who have worked either as either either as. Come on, Tess, I can't talk. That's okay. Uh, edit that out. I can't talk at all. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> I can barely speak English. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I had some family who worked in politics at okay. some point or another on the state level, some on the federal, none were ever elected officials, mm -hmm. uh, which, oh, actually I take that back. My uncle was, one he was public. Was. He one was my, my great uncle was public service commissioner in Georgia in like the eighties. Oh, it's like sweet. a long, long time ago. Um, but I always thought I was like, you know what? This would be cool. I could be a speechwriter. I could be like the press secretary at the white house one day. Uh, cool. You could not pay me enough to do that job now. <laughs> I know more. I know better now. We know too much. Now. We know too much. Yeah, gosh, they get ripped to shreds. I don't want that. I'm super sensitive. You could look at me sideways and, and I just start they crying. Yeah, they hate me. Just like slowly sink behind the podium. Yeah. So, um, so that happened. And then, um, I think this really goes into uh, a lot of my faith story. So awesome. we can, we can pause that if you want to yeah. and kind of set up for that question. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then, yeah, it, it just kind of all rolls together and then switched over during COVID, which was not my smartest move, Okay. but, um, it was just the timing of things. Yeah. And then, um, took an acting class because okay. I was like, I'm home. I got a little money. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, always wanted to take an acting class. Um, I, I kind of always thought I might be good at it just because I had that on camera experience. I took it and I had a great time. It was okay. super, super fun, but I didn't want to be an actress mm. because that is a lot of waiting for other people to tell you yes. Ah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was like, Oh man, I don't know if I want to do that. And plus it was a little bit hard for me. Um, uh, it's, it's difficult to kind of take on another personality. I'm not super great at that. And so I was like, Oh, but I can be myself. I can yeah. totally be myself on camera and that's way more fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I called my acting teacher and I was like, Hey, you did a great job, but, uh, I don't exactly want to do that. Do you know, maybe of someone who's doing hosting or MC work or, you know, television broadcasting that lets you be yourself more, right? Yes. Got yeah, it. absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, um, she introduced me to a guy, uh, Blake Eason who at the time was the host for the Braves. Um, yeah, like, Whoa. yeah, like the Atlanta Braves baseball team. That's so cool. I know. And he had a really cool gig. He would kind of take a mic and, and kind of go throughout the park and talk to people and just kind of be the hype person for games, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, Blake introduced me to a lot of other people. I kind of got the, the ball rolling that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of the rest is history. And it kind of developed into my own production team, my own production company, and uh, yeah, it was honestly God just being like, thank goodness you finally did what I made you to do. Now we can get started. <laughs> so w w did this happen? Did you make your own production team prior to working mm -mm. at Fox? Okay. No. Okay. Oh, wait, no. Wait. Prior to working at Fox? Yeah. Yes. Got it. Yeah. So Mom's Attic has been around for several years. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So when, when did your production company start again? What now? When when did your production company start? Uh, it started in 2021. Got 2021. it. 2021. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it That's was really so exciting. Cool. It's really exciting. Um, I never really considered myself to be someone who could like be a part of the production process uh -huh. because I always wanted to be in front of the mic and in front of the camera. Yeah. Because I'm selfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but it's really really cool to be a part of you know film, television, commercial, in every facet. And, you know, one day my face is going to be like on the floor because I'll be old and wrinkly 
and maybe I don't want to be in front of the camera anymore, but I still want to be a part of that process. This is a really great way to do that. That's so cool. Okay. So let's, now let's go into your, your faith. Yeah. Um, and how that is included in your life right now. Mm -hmm. Let's start back in growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, now you grew up in Georgia your entire life. Okay. Okay. Bible belt is what I've been told. Yeah. Okay. So was that something that was always part of uh, your family or is that some like how did that look how did that work out yes thankfully I grew up in a really great home mm. mom and dad are still married mm-hmm. they are the cutest people oh, I love sweet. them so much mm-hmm. I was just with them this morning it was wonderful <laughs> got to see them but um yeah both very involved in our church oh, okay. growing up dad was a deacon. He was always volunteering mom was on the worship team yeah. always volunteering we were in kids church every Sunday. We went to youth camp. I mean, we were in it. We were like capital K Christians. All right. Was it, um, was it like a Christian church? What what kind Mm -hmm. of denomination? Okay. Yeah. It was was non-denominational. Actually, we had a woman as a pastor. Really? Yeah. Which I never (laughs) see now. And growing up with it, I never thought anything of it. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. It's Pastor Beth. Awesome. Go get it. Yeah. And then I realized as I got older, I looked around and I was like, wait a second. I was like, where is all the Where are the other pastors? Where's the other pastor bets? I don't see any. I know, I know, I know. Um, But when we moved, um, I was about 10 years old. We moved from Conyers, Georgia, which is a little bit metro. Uh, We moved to Forsyth, Georgia, which is, it's a very suburban interstate town. It's right above Macon, which is a great, a little bit more urban area. Uh Um, And then we switched to a fantastic church that mom and dad still go to. It's called Rock Springs Church in Milner. It's in like the country. Like we joke that um, (laughs) the zip code is EIEIO because (laughs) it's it's so far out there in the country. I'm like, how does anybody find this? GPS cuts off like halfway through. It's so bad. So, but it's great. I love, I love Rock Springs. It's awesome. All right. So your, your first church that you went to with Pastor Beth and then, um, EIEIO zip code, um, church. Yeah. Was that always something that was fun for you? Was, was church ever? Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, when I went to college, I think a lot of people struggle with, with that because I viewed college as it's a finite time. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I was in the Christian sorority, which was great. Really? And so, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. They do have those. <laughs> they I will do say, exist. um, the Christian fraternity was a little weird. Yeah, it's a little different. It was a little different, mm-hmm. but the Christian sorority was great. And I met that's some awesome. of my best friends and we are still best friends. That's to this so day. cool. It's great. Um, so that was kind of my faith outlet. Church mm-hmm. was something that if I was there in Athens, I would go to, but if I wasn't in Athens, I would just be at mom and dad's church. Got it. Yeah. But it was, it was always a part of our upbringing. Um, I even have a video of me singing Happy Birthday, Jesus in the Christmas church pageant. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. She was cute, though. I was very nervous. Was, <laughs> I, so I guess I guess in front of, uh, with a microphone career, started very young, I guess. Yeah, I feel, yeah. all right, you, you say like, um, um, that there was, there was no footage of you, but it seems like there was footage there, of you. There is, it's in the archive. <laughs> the other day and I got really emotional because I was like if little Tessie saw what I'm doing now she'd be so proud oh that's awesome okay so so uh faith was always something that was included in yeah. your life and your family's life mm-hmm. um you went to a a not a Christian college but mm-hmm. you you were part of a Christian sorority yes. inside of college which is so cool because um I feel like I feel like college is is like really when people's faith really starts getting tested because even if you were 
uh, raised a Christian and yeah. you went to to uh, church on Sundays. That was more so because your parents did it, so you were included in that, and you it was just all you knew. So then you go into college and you have classes and you're living without your parents and you got a roommate or maybe you don't have a roommate, but you're surrounded by a bunch of these different college kids all around the same age group as you. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's super cool that you went to a, you were part of a Christian sorority because um, from my experience, and I think especially growing so now, I feel like even the faculty um, doesn't necessarily have the same viewpoints of, of a lot of Christians in the sense of like they have their own things or in their own world and a lot of them aren't necessarily Christians. Yeah. Um, how was, a, a, as you progressed through um, your journey, was there ever a point where your faith, faith got tested, where there was a situation where it's like, hey, is this something that I want to continue pursuing mm -hmm. or am I just going to do my own thing? No, in terms of like college, no, I, okay. I always felt very, very strong. But I think that that spoke to the community that I chose mm. to surround myself with, which yep. is huge. Exactly. And that's been something that's been really challenging since moving to Atlanta is, you know, I had my community in college, which was great. Yep. I have my community back home, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then living in Atlanta, that's been a little bit more challenging. Mm. But I think that spoke to, I was surrounded by other people who were also growing in their faith. So it felt like we were all kind of pulling each other more towards Jesus. That was in, in college? college? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And post-college as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and you attend Passion City, is that correct? Or I, I have in the past, Got yes. It. But I've also tried several other churches in Atlanta, which, mm. is, which is great. There's a lot. There's a lot of great there communities so here. Many. There's so many. <laughs> I'm still kind of trying. Um, Christ Covenant is one I've been to. Free Chapel is another really good one. There's just a lot that you can choose from. So You mentioned your faith. All right. Hmm. Okay, let's okay. go back into I have so many questions right now. This is how my I brain love, works. I love it though. I always do too. So you're good. You're fine, Nick. Let's go back now into the 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 teaser that I was mentioning before. Okay. All right. So introverted Nick, who was totally eavesdropping on Tess <laughs> at the time, yeah. is talking about her trip to Israel and and what happened. Um, can you go through how that started. Yeah. Can you go through what you saw? Can you go through just, I really want to know the story. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my, I actually had a really cool opportunity to get to go to Israel with my mom and okay. that was such a blessing. So that is a memory I will keep with me forever. But we went as part of a group mm -hmm. through a tour group, which is awesome. T 10 out of 10 recommended tour group okay. for Israel because it's as small as the country is. It's like the size of New Jersey, maybe smaller. Really? But it's still really big. Now, is this part of a church thing, mm -hmm. or is this not? okay? Yep. Okay. So, so our my home church, Rock Springs. Yep. They scheduled it, and I think we had to make a decision like a year before we went. Wow. I don't like commitment that far, <laughs> so I was like, I guess I'll go. But you know what? I didn't buy the trip insurance because I was like, No, you're gonna go. You're uh, gonna go to Israel, yep. and so we did. Yep. So after a very long plane ride, we landed in uh, Tel Aviv which is the capital of Israel. Okay. I think so. Please don't. If that's wrong, don't put it in the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I could Google it, but I'm not going if to. If it's wrong, I'll put a little asterisk. Yeah. Okay, sorry. It wasn't. No, it's sorry, okay. Benjamin Netanyahu. <laughs> anyway, so we got an opportunity to go. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were there for about two weeks, which was really exciting. Um, it was really neat. I think the overarching thing that sticks with me is that there was so much 
I missed because even being a Christian from the time I was born, right. you know, growing up in a Christian household, I got saved at seven mm-hmm. and baptized at like seven as well. Mm-hmm. So I've been a Christian my entire life, but there's so much you miss about the Bible because you don't see it. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much that The Chosen can give you, which is a great show. (laughs) But when you're there, when you're walking the terrain and when you're experiencing the path that when you put your feet in the Sea of Galilee, it is. Oh, I got chills saying that. That's That's really cool. cool. (laughs) It's really cool. You get a totally different perspective of the Bible. And there are some things that actually aren't even said in the Bible that when you go and see Israel, you realize Jesus went through something like this or the disciples experienced this. Um, I can tell you right now, I think the disciples were pretty short because I'm looking at some of their houses (laughs) and they're coming up to here on me and I I would have to duck the whole time. Uh, Yeah, Peter's house was like super, super tiny. That's crazy. (laughs) But it it was like there. Now did, all right, I have a question. Um, Mm -hmm. Was that like, oh, this is probably what Peter's home looked like? No, there was like the legit home. That's so cool. Which is where... um, which is where Jesus spent the three years of his ministry. And it was very close to the Sea of Galilee, mm-hmm. which is great because if you look at Israel on a map, again, not very big, but Jesus walked everywhere. So he yep. had to have routes that were doable. Yeah. So you would he would walk around the Sea of Galilee. And I think it's kind of misleading because the Hebrew word for sea and lake are the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the Sea of Galilee, so sorry to burst your bubble. The Sea of Galilee is actually like a really big lake. Okay. So it does feed into other bodies of water, but it's not this vast ocean that feeds into like the Mediterranean directly. So, okay. um, so that's just, again, it's a contextual thing that you wouldn't necessarily get unless you were there looking at it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jesus had to walk around the Sea of Galilee. He had to walk up in the foothills and the mountains. And then he also had to cross the sea to get to all of these really, um, th- these towns that were located, like all along the trade routes or all along the coast. And because, it, I mean, Jesus was also a fisherman. Yep, He had to fish a lot and, and the disciples were fishermen. Yep. Everyone kind of was like, their own little fishermen back then too. I mean, that, w- that would be cool. I would do that. Yeah. I'd be fishing all day long. That'd be so fun. <laughs> I'd be so peaceful. I'm just like out there with the fishing rod. You're like anyway. selling. I want to go to Israel now. Um, oh, you need to. Yeah, yes. I yeah. really want to go now. Yeah. Don't go during the summertime because it was super hot. There. W- okay. <laughs> go during like March or something. So I go to Passion City. I think Louis mm-hmm. was actually talking about this too. And when I was eavesdropping on you, explaining different things that was going on, it kind mm-hmm. of made me think about what he was going through as well. I don't know if this is going to be a reminder. I don't know if you're going to know what I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. you mentioned like going like in this, like, I don't know if it was a tunnel or if it was like a cave or it was something like indoors. You know what I'm talking about or no, not really. Um, okay. There's a couple of things that could have been, Okay, it could have been, uh, it wasn't Via Della Rosa. Was it? Maybe. Okay. The, like the road that Jesus, like yeah, Calvary. Yeah, road. road thing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, yes, can you yes, explain yes. this? Yes, I sure can. Because <laughs> okay. it's, it's really interesting when you go. So okay. the city of Jerusalem yeah. is actually split into four quadrants. And what that means is that there is a Jewish neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's a nice way of saying it. Okay. And there's a Muslim neighborhood. Okay. And then there are two others that I can't recall right now. But um, there is, I believe it's in the Jewish quadrant there is via della rosa which is the road to calvary it is the road that jesus took the cross on and it's really interesting because there are little markers on the walls all the way you know all the way down the road Uh all the way to mount carmel 
Okay. And so you can, it'll say, oh, well, this is where Jesus fell. This is where the, the man helped him with the cross. No Some of that is not accurate, Okay, but that is because the city was built on top of the road. So when yep. Louis was talking about yep. that, he went down underneath. That's what it was. Yes. Yep. And so you can do that. We didn't do that. We were such a large tour group. Um, it is a very, very crowded area mm -hmm. on top. But if you're down in the tunnels, you do actually get to walk the legit road. And someone like Louie would definitely have that opportunity. Yeah. Someone like me, probably not so much. <laughs> Maybe I'll get that one day. That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. But yeah. And so some of it is kind of conjecture of this may have been, this might've been, but we do know that that is the road and that it was built on top of the actual road. That's amazing. It's nutty. I have another question. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I have, I have some <laughs> notes as well. Yeah. Um. So one thing that, was always hard for me mm -hmm. was interpretation versus concrete mm, um in yeah. the sense of okay so um I, I think it was i think it was like a family member of mine talked about how they went to a, a similar situation where they went across the country or mm -hmm. yeah across the country um across the world i'm sorry to a different country and they saw things that that happened like during Jesus' time, right? Mm -hmm. But when I asked them like, oh, is that like really what it was? It was like, no, that was a replica, but it shows you what happened. Yeah. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like mm -hmm. why, if it's a replica, we could just say like anything happened. I know. And like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one question that I had was for uh, the Bible, is basically it's a bunch of different testimonies, but also it's documentation on different things, yes. different places that, yes. that existed during this time, right? Um, how or why, why? Are there certain situations where, um, even though this is talked about, there's these different buildings that were talked about, different landmarks that are talked about, mm -hmm. and they're gone now. They don't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, what is the reason behind why all these things that previously existed just aren't here anymore? Yeah, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not a historian, and so I'm taking a lot of what I learned and and trying to put it in context today. Yeah. The Romans were, um, let me start that over the Romans were actually terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> and when they took over any type of city or land, mm -hmm. they took it down. They destroyed it. There was, they, there was nothing that they wanted left behind. Got it. And so the Roman empire was a big reason. It was a big part of that. But also Nick, this was 2000 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> this was sometimes three, 4,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so you have to think about time will weather a lot. A hundred percent. And also, one particular site, it, it, it kind of frustrates me at some point. Um, I have a lot of friends who are Catholic, so this is not speaking ill of Catholics at all. Yeah. But the Catholic Church um, was commissioned. I don't know if it was the church, but there was, um, there was a commission that um, Catholic crusaders, we'll call them, mm -hmm. would go over there, mm -hmm. find some of these historical spots yep. and kind of plant there. Yep. What I have a little bit of an issue with is they say, oh, well, this is the this is the spot where Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. And then they built a huge church on top of it that you have to wait in a two-hour line yep. to go down and yep. see a tiny hole in their beautiful marble floor that yep. you can't actually see down. <laughs> but here's my thinking is that Jesus's birth you know, no one knew at the time he was the Messiah. Right. Why would they have cared about a, sh you know, a, yep. a little baby yep. being born in a cave? Yep. And so for them, I think it would be super hard to say, oh, well, this is exactly where it happened. Exactly. So 
for for me to go over there and to see these beautiful churches, yeah, they're beautiful. Don't get me wrong. The Catholics do it up. <laughs> they yeah. do a great job. Yeah. Very ornate. <laughs> but at the same time, it's it's just a representation. Yep. And so for some things we do have, like the disciples' houses, we know where that is. And you see That's it. so cool. It's so insane. Um, they also, it must have smelled bad because it was such a small area and they didn't bathe very much oh, back yeah. then. Yeah. It was like in the hot heat. It was, oh, yeah. I think, so it, it's so cool that you won. And I really want to go because mm-hmm. I want to experience this for myself. But that was such a hard thing for me was, um, I would say the, the biggest, kind of um, the biggest part of me in my faith where it was like, hey, is this something I want to pursue? Is this not something I want to pursue? It was like, I want a concrete evidence of of proof that Jesus existed, proof that God exists. Because for me, it's like, yeah, like people could say things, but like, if I can't see it, if, I, if I'm not experiencing it for myself, then like, I, it's really hard for me to be, to be into that. Um, and, and you're not the first person that said this. And when you, when I asked you before and like you explained it, it really did make sense because, um, I mean, let's, let's think about it. There, there's this movement, there's, there's this Christian movement that that's completely against the people in power, like what they stand for. Right. So at the time, and I just had, I was asking my, my men's Bible study this. I'm like, why did like, like the Jews at the time, like just hate Christians and like, Mm -hmm. just try to torment them and, and basically try to shun them for, for so long. And it was because it was, it was like jealousy power. So like, if there's this movement, like they're not going to want to keep the remains of that. They're they're not going to want to have proof of that. They're not, they're not going to want to be that. They're not going to want that to be able to spread. Um, so yeah, that definitely answered my question a little yeah. bit. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and that's exactly why they wanted to crucify him. Yeah. I mean, it, it was the Jews. Mm-hmm. It was his own people yep. that wanted to crucify him, which to me is, it's very hard to wrap my head around it. But my question too, I asked myself this, if someone today, said, I am the son of God. Would I believe them? Would I? Yep. And I would look for that proof too. Yep. Uh, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said the Bible has not been um, tested and found wanting. It's been found untested just completely. So that means people, and, and this is something I see a lot, is that there's not a lot of let me dig into this and see. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, well, that's not true, but they actually haven't read it. That's what I yep. find happens a lot. Yep. And so anytime anybody asks me a question, I'm like, you have to dig to you all. I can try to be a resource for you yep. and the Bible calls us to be. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it is important for people to have that personal study. Yep. You know, to add on to what you just said, um, it's funny too, because uh, I was just talking about this yesterday mm-hmm. where um, it, it was Acts, I believe, chapter 17. It was either 17 or 18. I think it was 17. Um, but one of one of the the verses inside of it basically said, like, um, I think it was Peter and Paul. They basically went to Jews and they were explaining what mm-hmm. happened. And then they turned to scripture. The Jews, some of the Jews turned to scripture and then they believed them. 
So to go on to what you're saying, like people could say something, Mm -hmm. like you could hear from somebody, but the powerful thing is, all right, I'm going to listen to you. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to turn to scripture. I'm going to, I'm going to see for myself. Yeah. And and I think you should do that for any pastor you listen to, any podcast you listen to, um, any song, any worship song, because a lot of times, and I think in America, I know we're totally getting on a tangent. We'll get back on topic. Nah, this, this has no tangent, but but no boundaries. You know, in America, I think we're so used to being spoon fed all of this information because because we go to Facebook for advice. We'll go to WebMD for a quick, you know, um, diagnosis, which I'm always dying and of cancer. Yes! I'm always dying of cancer. Find out you're dying yeah. of cancer. But Christianity and the Bible is not WebMD. No. There there are ways you can look at it. And again, it, the Bible is really clear mm-hmm. about a lot of things. It is. Some things it's a little bit more nuanced on, but for most things, it's, it's pretty clear. Um, and so I, and, and I have to challenge myself to do this too, this is not just me being spoon fed information. This is me putting it in application in my own life yep. and then doing my own study. Because when you're sitting in a crowd of people at church, which we're called to do, and that's wonderful. Yeah. I can't really stew on that information. Yes. I can't sit with it and apply it to my life in as deep a way as I could. If I'm sitting there in my quiet time, I'm mm. reading scripture, mm. listening to worship music, just talking to God. I mean, like, let's just talk to God. Right. I yep. mean, that's pretty easy yeah. <laughs> and yet it can be so hard, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that's, that, that was really cool. And, and again, kind of circling back to Israel, being yes. able to be there myself yep. and to see it. Um, one thing I really wanted to talk about, because to Do me, it. this was the most impactful moment. I didn't, I, I did not cry on this trip, which was surprising because I'm a bit of a crier. <laughs> I mean, I can look at a dog. And the dog will be fine. You're so precious. And I'm just like <laughs> sobbing. Just my my um, family dog, Teddy, is yeah. the sweetest dog. Okay. And sometimes I'll just be looking at him and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so perfect. <laughs> and I'll just start crying. Um, but the coolest thing to me, uh-huh. um, you know, we, we went to all these high points. You know, we went to the Garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Mm-hmm. I did steal some olive leaves. Sorry about that. You're technically not supposed to touch the trees, Oops. but I definitely okay. did. I read the sign afterwards. Your secret is safe with me it's and the fine. rest of the people that are watching. Yeah, it's to it. fine. Everything's fine. Everything's <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so we went there uh-huh. and then, you know, we went to the supposed birth of Jesus. Yep. We, um, we walked a lot of the terrain, which was really cool. But to me, it was closer to the end of the trip. Mm-hmm. We went to, again, we were in Jerusalem. We spent a lot of time there. And um, we went to the place where Jesus was held captive his last two nights on earth. No way. Yeah. And and this is one of those things that the Bible doesn't really tell you. This is historical and cultural context that you would miss okay. if you didn't go. Okay. So Cyphus was the high priest who worked with Pontius Pilate to uh, try and persecute Jesus. Right. And that went, you know, obviously it it's, <laughs> we know the story, but it, it was really interesting because it was very illegal how they did it. Jesus and the disciples were in the garden mm-hmm. and he was arrested mm-hmm. at like 2, 3 a.m. Highly illegal. You can't do that. So at the time that went against the law. Oh, but wow. they did it anyway. Oh. Yeah. And so they arrested him, brought him to Cyphus's house which again, Cyphus was the high priest. Yep. And um, Cyphus put him in the prison in the basement of his home. So 
what's cool about that this dude had he had a prison in his yeah home? i know i'm like what kind of complex does this Gosh, guy have okay yeah yeah so he the has a prison dungeon. he did actually and what's interesting um and i'll send you the picture of this sure, yeah you can't tell too much from the picture but when we think of prisons what do you think of i mean disgusting um like the structure of it like oh like super well for me it's like super like secure like uh like yeah super secure right mm -hmm. okay yeah but you you kind of in, in today's terms when we think of a prison we think of bars yeah. and the door opening yeah that's yeah. what you would think of right yes. back then and uh -huh. the dungeon that Cyphus had in his basement yeah was basically a cave a hole in the ground what there was no way that you could get in and out of there other than, and this is how Jesus was put into this prison. Okay. There's a hole in the ground, and this is all rock. I mean, it's rock. It is dank. It is dark. Mm -hmm. It's just cold. Mm -hmm. There's a hole in the ground about this big. Okay. So, you know, maybe a foot and a half, two feet yeah. in diameter. Yeah. And they bound Jesus's hands with rope and okay. lowered him down into that. It's no about 10 way. feet down. Yeah. It's about 10 feet down. And... What that showed me was that, because here's the thing, we always think about the worst part of it being, you know, ha being tortured, right. being whipped, yeah. having to carry the cross yep. and then being nailed to the cross. Right. It didn't start with that. Nope. It started way before that. So he was arrested night one. Mm -hmm. He was bound. When he wasn't even supposed to be. When legally. he wasn't even supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, very illegal. Mm -hmm. And then he was lowered down, probably not very nicely mm -hmm. into this dark dank cave of a basement um and then they rolled a stone over it and then you sleep there there's no light that gets in there and so that was night one and okay. then they pull you back up yep and then he went to trial mm -hmm. which of course was also very illegal yeah. it was totally sped through um i'm just totally glossing over so many of the details but it was it was a rush trial mm -hmm. and it was super illegal. Mm -hmm. And so then he was found guilty and yep. then he was lowered back down. No way. Yes. So it wasn't just one night. It was two nights. And it's really interesting because I've been a Christ follower my entire life. And, and I you thought I knew know. the Bible did not know that. Yeah. And so that was where he spent his last night on earth. And it is so fascinating because you can, they, they have stairs now you can walk down into it. Okay. And so my tiny group, it's not very big. Yeah. So my tiny group went there to the basement and we stood where Jesus spent his last night on earth. Wow. It was insane. Um, and, and I was really surprised I didn't cry because yeah. it is very emotional. Yeah. I think the thing to me that was so emotional was that, you know, and I'm such a wimp. <laughs> I'm just, I'm a wimp <laughs> in like a lot of senses of the word. But if someone said you, that's where you're going and that's where you're spending the night, and you can only get there because we're going to tie your hands and lower right. you down. Yeah. And we're not going to be slow about it. We're probably just going to drop you 10 feet yeah. onto a hard rock floor. Exactly. That would be enough to make me break. Yep. That alone. But we don't really talk about that. And that was just, just the beginning of his crucifixion. Exactly. And that, to, that was a geographical, historical, and cultural context that the Bible doesn't really talk, talk about. I wish it, I wish I knew that. I had no idea. I know I didn't either. This, it was amazing. This this episode is about to be just 
learning from Tess Hammond. This is amazing. <laughs> no, okay, listen, I'm not a historian. I'm literally, if, if I'm wrong, email Signature Tours and tell them Andre told you because that was my, Andre was my, um, he was our guide. He was great. Shout he was out. Great. Shout yeah. out to Andre. Shout out to Andre. He was awesome. Yeah. All right. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So that was, that was just recent. That that happened because of, was that the EIEIO zip code yeah. one? Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right, sweet. Um, yeah. I want to get into your faith being tested. Now, you mm-hmm. said it wasn't college that it did happen, but was there a point? It was point? after. Okay. Yeah, it was you, after college. Do you mind talking about yeah, that? Yeah, I don't bit? mind at all. all right. It's it it's so far in the past now that yeah. it's not as um, raw. There's sure. no sting with it. Yeah. Um, so we're about to get pretty vulnerable here. And right. it's okay. Like Is that I, okay? Yes. Yeah, okay. That's why I wouldn't bring it up if I didn't want to. <laughs> so back when I was in politics, yeah. uh, I started oh. off as a lobbyist. Okay. Yeah. And politics is a tough business. It's tough if you're good at it. It's even tougher if you're not good at it. Um, and, you know, I think I was okay. I think it was fine. I was 23, just out of college. Yeah. And I was kind of this assistant lobbyist, um, which was fine. That was a fine job. Wasn't making very much money, but it kind of got me into the political world. Um, and then about a year and a half, I think almost two years into that job, mm-hmm. I got a call from someone who shall remain nameless. Yep. Um, a statewide official okay and they asked me if i wanted to be because they knew i had a comms degree albeit about cows and corn but yeah. i had one let's go and uh they said do you do you want to be the communications director mm. for this statewide office and nick it it was my pride saying oh yeah you should take that i had no business taking that job but when you're 24 yeah. and you get a hundred percent pay increase, you get a title yeah. that, I mean, yeah. only a couple people in the state have, yep. you're going to take it. Yeah. Um, and so I took that job and very quickly, probably within two months realized I was not supposed to be there. Okay. Um, I, I, and I'm kind of still like trying to work through all of like the little touch points. Um, I had a good, I had a pretty good team of coworkers, I had some that were very, very kind. Yeah. Very, very kind people. People I still am friends with till this day. Okay. But I had a supervisor who um I don't know how to say this. It's not, not really so kind. mean. Um she was not so kind. Got it. She was not so kind. And it was really my first introduction into someone who was truly spiritually void. Got it. Who had absolutely no respect for other humans who um if you've ever seen the show house of cards which i don't recommend it's a pretty dark show about politics it was one of those situations where it was a calculating personality um and and this is going to sound really kind of cringy and cheesy but very evil yeah very evil and the environment was evil yep and it was my first time ever experiencing that. Yeah. I'm a pretty happy person, yeah. you know, I, growing up loving on dogs and doing pageants and, and then, you know, going to Georgia. I had a great time. Everything was pretty happy. And um, I remember being so tired all the time because I had a super long commute there in the morning, work all day, long, long past five, and then a super long commute back home. Um and turned to a lot of those coping mechanisms that a lot of people do. I started drinking more. I never struggled with alcoholism, but it was something that I kind of, it became a little bit of a crutch. Right. So I was drinking maybe a half a bottle to a bottle of wine a night. 
Um, and then it got to the point where there's, there's this one spot. So, um, I grew up South of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And so at the time I had, I was living back home. So after college, I moved back home because I wasn't making any money. Mm -hmm. So I just decided to, you know, go back home and room with mom and dad again, which was great. Super, <laughs> super excited. I had that time. Um, and they had just built the peach pass lane okay. coming from the South to the city. So, um, as you do when you're a commuter, you, you try to make it easier on yourself. So I got the peach pass lane and I remember there, there was a day about six months into this job when, um, I, the peach pass lane had ended and I was merging back in. And that meant I was about to hit the city. I was coming up on the perimeter okay. on the South side. Okay. And I remember having the thought, why don't you just put your car in cruise, unbuckle your seatbelt and open the door and get out? No way. Yeah. I remember having that thought and I didn't know where it came from. Now I do. Um, and I thought to myself, Oh, I, <sighs> Would it kill me or would it just hurt really bad? Either way, I'd get out of work. I'd get out of having to go and be around that environment and that person. And it became a pattern every time I would get off the peach pass lane. This is five days a week. Oh my god! Every gosh. time I would have that thought, would it kill me? Would it just hurt? You can get out of your car. Just put it in cruise. I don't know if that's how cars work. I, I have a different car now than I did then. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you even can open the car door on yeah. the interstate when you're going 80 miles an hour. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. And, and I told my mom that, and I would cry every day when I came home, I didn't know how to get out of it because I didn't have another job lined up. And right. I started interviewing with other, you know, political jobs yep. because I thought, well, this is what I'm in. This, this is what you easy. are now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is what I'm in. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just stick with it. Mm -hmm. But there just wasn't any more jobs. There was nothing at the time. And so my mom and my sister and my dad, they came to me and they said, we want you to quit. Yeah. And I've never quit anything, especially not before a year yeah. of being there. So I chickened out a couple of times. Um, but there was one song. It was It's by Lauren Daigle. It's called Rescue Me. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard that. I but have. Gosh, I would just listen to that. And it was the only thing that was kind of keeping me going. And I remember being terrified to quit my job because I was going from, you know, 70,000 with great government benefits mm -hmm. to nothing. Right. I had no job lined up. Yep. Um, and that was in, that was the end of 2019. Okay. Several months later, what happens? COVID. So um, thankfully I was already still living at home. I didn't have to pack up an apartment or right. break a lease, which yep. was great. God yep. was really looking out for me uh, in that way. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. And so I, <laughs> finally worked up the courage to yeah i think my resignation letter had been written for like two months <laughs> but uh finally had the courage to just slide it across the table i didn't say anything i just slid it across the table and i said you know here's my two weeks and i'm gonna be gone after that don't worry i'm gonna train people no worries i don't know if you ever feel this too but sometimes when i feel like things aren't happening fast enough i'm just gonna throw everything i can at the situation and hope something sticks yeah when god is so not that way he's just like will you calm down <laughs> i feel like i'm like the little add puppy that oh, you know, god's like just sit in the corner just like chill for a i got minute. a plan just, just like, wait calm down <laughs> yeah that's not me um, i like to describe my energy sometimes as a um lab rat on amphetamines what? <laughs> <Which> oh. is, <laughs> Sometimes. 
Anyway, so um, little lab rat over here. Uh-huh. Um, no, I was home and then, you know, my parents' church. Yeah. Yep. It's, um, you know, I kind of looked at it as, man, it's this tiny church. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Like what kind of reach are we having? Mm. Am I going to be able to grow here? Yep. I felt too good for it mm. because I was already like working in Atlanta. Yep. I was like big city girl. Yep. No, um, it, it was great that I had no other option but to go there because I wanted, I wanted to go back to passion. I was like, yeah, this is a big church. I'm going to get involved in the production part mm. of it. I'm going to do this. It's going to be super fun. And then I was having a, a conversation w- with a very wise friend of mine who, um, she just is, is one of those people you always go to for advice because she was an RA in college. Okay. So she, she got really good at doling out advice. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's awesome. so I asked her, I was like, I want to go to passion and I want to stay in Atlanta. I mm-hmm. want to stay in that scene, mm-hmm. but that's a lot of driving back and forth. Yeah. And she said, well, okay, you can. And she used the phrase we've all seen on someone's aunt's Facebook page, bloom where you're planted. Hmm. Yeah. And it was, it was, I was like, dang it. And she's right. So I decided to get really stuck in at rock springs okay so um, were you doing anything for them or were you just attending i was just attending i didn't have a job got it i didn't have a job i had some savings yeah and i was living off that yeah but no one was really hiring right um so kind of just did a bunch of volunteer work for them and Mm -hmm. so just like every other church when COVID hit they went online yep they also started a pre-show with no two people way yeah and it was so funny nick because i was i was talking to god i said god i'm not gonna bring up that i have a background in this i'm not gonna ask to do it if they ask me i will do it okay so they they made it known that they were gonna start doing this is that how it happened or uh so i started volunteering because at the time you know they knew i was i had comms director experience okay and the comms director at the church needed a little bit of like crisis management yeah, yeah. help, which uh-huh. was great. Cause that's all I did all day long, <laughs> you know, in government, when you're doing comms, that's all you're doing is yeah. crisis management. Yeah. That's, that's it, which was great. Um, it was never boring. Yeah. Like that. So she and I became friends okay. and then, then COVID hit. Got it. Yeah. Sorry if it's like in my head, it's, it's a very smooth timeline, but sometimes no, I don't okay. take people. You're on making my, sense. Thank you. Sometimes I don't take people on my mental train yeah. and I get called up for it all the time. No, it's okay. Like, Sorry. That's why I'm asking questions. Okay, We're good. good. We're good. <laughs> this is good. You're a good interviewer. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I started volunteering with the church okay. and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Then they started going online and they decided, well, we need someone to do announcements just, you know, before the service starts right. and to wrap it up at the very end, say, thank you so much for coming. And that was when I said, God, I'm not going to tell them that I have a background right. in TV. Yeah. I'm not going to tell them I can do this. Yeah. I'm just going to volunteer <laughs> wherever they want to put me. So yeah. I think I was, um, I think it was chat hosting on Facebook or, you know, just doing something small, you know, kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. And then they said, would you want to do it one Sunday? We, we need volunteers. And I said, Okay, I'll do yeah. it. That's not, you know, yep. not a big deal. Yep. Happy to happy to help. Happy to help. Happy to serve. And I did it uh one time and then I did it for the next three years. Really? Every Sunday. That's every Sunday. Awesome. Yeah. Uh every Sunday I was there. Uh-huh. You know, vacations, sick. But um that really reintroduced me to my love of production work. Let's go. And broadcasting. Let's go. Yeah. And so it's it's so funny because like there's these little, I won't even say little there are these markers all along of 
God has gifted yep. me in this way. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I always hate saying that because I'm like, it sounds not no, humble because it's, it's a very public thing that yeah. I get to do. Yep. And it's something that I always wanted to do as a kid, but never really knew how, because no one I grew up with was in that space. Mm-hmm. So we did pre-show. And then from there, it just kind of became like, hey, you need a production company. Hey, you need to really pursue this as a job. Mm-hmm. So I did. And and now we're here. So. All right. So let's let's talk about this production company. Okay. Um, okay. It's <laughs> I was like, okay, we don't need to talk about this if you don't want to. It's okay. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. It's fine. Um, all right, it's let's fine. let's talk about this production company. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that would you say is not the beginning, but was mm-hmm. that like one of the main things that really kind of ramped up where you are today? Would mm-hmm. you say? Okay. Yeah. Um, can you can you discuss what it is exactly that you do right now in mm-hmm. that aspect and like how I guess you kind of mentioned how it began. It began with the Atlanta Braves situation, right? And then it kind of led yeah. into that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do right now? Yeah. So it started as kind of an on-air talent. So okay. I kind of represent myself. I don't have an agent. Okay. Mostly because I'm I don't want to split my money. Yeah. Right? Why would anyone want to do that? Yeah. Why? Because I I'm pretty resourceful. I can find yeah. things on my own. Yeah. Google. Um, yeah. Chat Google. GPT. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. AI. Wow. I have so many thoughts about AI yeah, too. Yeah. I'm not a big fan, but yeah. I just it was funny. I just listened to a panel at Sundance about. AI in film and I'm yeah. like, oh man, this is how Skynet starts. <laughs> this is, Arnold Schwarzenegger warned us. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> he'll be back. He meant it. <laughs> um, no, but um, so really it started as I'm providing on camera talent, voiceover talent, commercial acting, because commercial acting is really easy. Yeah. Um I usually get cast as a young mom. Which is fun. I don't have any kids now, so it's kind of interesting. Kids usually, like, kid actors are not nice for the most part. Anyway, they're pretty standoffish, uh-huh. which is fine because their parents are, like, right off screen. But, but anyway, so, um, yeah, so that's kind of how it started was, okay. like, it was it was also just a business so that I could get paid. Yeah. It was an LLC yeah. for me to get paid because yeah. you have to have that. Yeah. So that's how it started. Okay. And then the more people in the production space that I met, the more I was able to connect them with people. Like let's say an organization, a nonprofit says, we need to make a commercial. We need a short film. Well, guess what? I've got a crew for that. So it really is is kind of like a bridge builder now, which I love because yeah. uh, I'm a little bit lazy. I yeah. don't necessarily want to be on set from yeah. 4 a.m. Yeah. to like 8 p.m. So this is just a way for me to connect with my connections and any knowledge that I have to meet any need you might have in the production space. So if you needed to film a commercial, yeah, I'm going to look through my... Do you have like actors and actresses? Is that what... Yeah, yeah. I have that. But then I also have people who have all the film equipment who can Whoa. do this. So yeah, yeah. And then... Um, no way. It's really exciting, which is fun because I'm kind of lazy. I don't want to be doing the hard work, but yeah. I'll like tell you who to go to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're resourceful. I, well, it's, 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 it's being a resource. It's yeah. being what I kind of like to call a broker okay. or a middleman. Yeah, yeah. Which is really nice because mm-hmm. I want to give my friends jobs. Yep. But I also was the one who connected them with that. So that's yep. a really great space to be in. And then not only that, but with Fox and with the show we have now, right. we it is my intention to grow it and to be a part of the production process. And I'm also writing a new show, uh, a documentary right now. On and Fox? No, it Got is. It. It's totally separate. And okay. So, yeah. And so being kind of a producer and a writer and potentially director, that's exciting too. And so all of this kind of came about in the last four years and it was all because of the decision to quit my job. Yep. 
with no plan. Yep, with yeah. no plan. With no plan. So if you're thinking about quitting your job with no plan, just do just it. Just do you know? it. Full we'll send it. <laughs> just be like, bye. This <laughs> is your opportunity. This is this is your calling to do it. If <laughs> if you're waiting on a sign, this yep. is your sign. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so to to add on to what you just said, mm-hmm. I completely agree. I feel like it, it's so funny when you look back because I feel like a major part of of this life one is to spread the word of God, but two, absolutely. Um is to find what it is that God has equipped you to do, find it is that what it is that God wants yeah. you to do with your life. And the pageants, all, all these different <laughs> things that happened yeah. as you were growing up, I feel like it led to what it is that he already had planned for you. So mm-hmm. like it, it, it's on us in order to to find that, in order to find it for ourselves. He's not just going to tell us. He's not going to be like, hey, this is what you're going to do. And Wouldn't you're just that gonna be nice? Go. I wish yeah. it would have saved so much money, <laughs> so much hardship. Like, yeah. just tell me what you want me to do. And I'll just go I to know. it right now. Like, please. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But everything that like your story just leads up to exactly where you are, where you are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and now my question is where, and you kind of hinted at this already. What do you think? Not necessarily the end goal. But mm-hmm. where do you want this journey to continue going? Like, mm-hmm. do you have do you have a, a vision maybe that that you want that you see this portraying to go out to, or you see this going out to? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was just talking this morning, and from a very selfish human standpoint, I want right. to win an Emmy and an Oscar one day. Yeah, I would love to do that. I think that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I can. Yeah. Not because I'm anything special, but because God opens doors, and that's really cool. But that's human recognition. Yeah. And um, like I said, I just got back from Sundance Film Fest, which is an incredible collection of... Can you explain that? Yes, it is. Um, gosh, wow. It's a huge festival. It's uh, about two weeks and it takes place in Utah. And it okay. was started 40 years ago by Robert Redford. And it was a way for independent films to get seen. That's so cool. Which is really cool because independent storytellers are those people who have a real story to tell. Yep. But maybe they don't have the backing of a Netflix or a Warner Brothers exactly. or a Paramount. But they do have stories to tell. So kind of like me. That's mm-hmm. and you know, I love being on camera, but I also want to start that journey of being a storyteller behind the scenes. So that that's kind of the spirit of Sundance. But now they also do panels. Um, Kristen Stewart, who was on Twilight, she had two yeah. movies there, so she was there. Really? Yeah, a couple <laughs> of people from some Netflix shows were there. Oh, cool! Which is really cool. You just see them walking around. And uh, I was walking, I was walking up the street because it's this really pretty mountain town in Park yeah. City, and it was snowing, and it was very quaint and charming. And then you see um, uh, Will Ferrell walking down the street. No way! And you're like, wow. Oh, cool yeah that's me and then you and then you remember how small you are and you're like ah. um no we all put our pants on one leg at a time yep so i have to remind myself of that that's but right. in terms of the vision um i was talking before i went on this trip and i was praying you know because i was a late applicant to get a press pass and i didn't think i was going to get one um and I just kept praying. I was like, God, please, I would really, really like a press pass. That would just be really cool. And, yeah. you know, it would make me feel like, okay, hey, I'm actually supposed to be here. Right. And I did end up getting one, which was awesome. And I called my mom and we prayed about it. And I said, Mom, more than anything, this industry, while so creative and beautiful, it can also be really spiritually void. Yes. And I said, more than anything, I just want people, every interaction I have, for them to see Jesus. That's amazing. Because at the end of the day, you can win all the Oscars mm-hmm. and be totally sad. Um, and you can have all the money in the world and be miserable. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, what, what good is a little gold trophy sitting on your shelf if it's collecting dust and you can't take it with you when you die? Right. So that was my goal. And I think, I hope I did it. I hope I, I hope I, you know, treated everyone like Jesus would. Um, we had a great time though. We, you know, went skiing and, and enjoyed the mountain, but learned a lot. Um, so that's kind of what I just did. Um, one day I'd like to submit a film to Sundance. That'd be really cool. That'd be so, cool. That'd be so dope. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, personal success, I definitely want to pursue this. I don't ever like to say, oh, I want to be married in two years, kids yeah. in five, yeah. and you know, an Oscar by the time I'm 40. <laughs> because you never know. I didn't know my life was going to do this four exactly. years ago. Four years ago, I would never have been able to say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to have my own production company and be on camera. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just wouldn't, you know, I, I, th I think it is good to have a plan. But I think it's even better to trust the person who's going to plan for you. Amen. Yeah. Well, my my verse this year, and I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget it. Okay. It's um, it's Psalm one thirty nine five. Okay. And it says, "God, you go ahead of all I do, and you follow behind me." And so that's been my verse this year. I'm really excited to see what happens in the next year, what happens in the next five years. Um, so yeah, it's it's cool to plan and it's cool to have a vision board, and I love it. I get inspired by yeah. it but I try not to put too much of a timeline on things. Mm. And I try not to say, God, this is how I want to do it because it never works out nope. that way anyway. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, like God, you know my heart and you know what I want, but I'm, I'm kind of along for the ride with you. What has helped you? Cause I feel like that's, it's so easy to feel like this is what you're supposed to do or I'm supposed mm -hmm. to do this right now. And then, um, it, you, human nature mm -hmm. instant gratification mm -hmm. get something right away yeah. how what has helped you um be at peace with waiting for his timing mm, um i love this question okay so what what is what has helped you be at peace waiting for his timing and keeping you disciplined in that walk to mm -hmm. understand that even though you might see the angle or you might know where he wants you to be like you you're gonna put your faith in his timing versus yours well it was me i always kind of view myself as a late bloomer okay in every sense of the word okay uh, i had a unibrow by the time i was like all the way up until 16 i don't think i was very cute in college i was like <laughs> I was homeschooled in high school. And so going from homeschool to oh. get the University of Georgia, I didn't know any of the fashion trends. Nothing. Uh, okay. I mean, and I always wondered, I was like, why aren't guys asking me out? Well, I, I can see pictures and I know why. Gosh. I know why, Nick. It all makes I'm sense I'm very now. aware now. Oh but, you know, of course, when you're in it, you're like, ah, da, da, you know, <laughs> just totally blind. Someone should have handed me a pair of tweezers. Like, <laughs> It was like I, I didn't like none of the pageant stuff stuck with me. I kind of like shoved it in a corner. Just went away. Yeah, just. A, um, I was like Miss Congeniality, but at the beginning of the movie before she gets to make over. <laughs> I was kind of like reverse Miss Congeniality. I'm not that cool though. As an it's FBI okay. agent. No, okay. <laughs> so, um, no, I think. Um, this was a really cool experience I had in high school. Okay. So I did 4-H growing up, which is a positive youth development organization. Nice. Super, super cool. It's still around. It's like the largest positive youth development organization in the world. Okay. So um, I've always been one of those people who wanted to be 
you know, if, if it was achievable, I wanted to achieve it. Right. And they had state board. Uh, it was, it's called state board. Mm-hmm. And so nine, four H'ers like high schoolers from around the state got to be on state board. And that meant you got to go to the Capitol and do really cool stuff. And you represented the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was the top tier, but then there were also the state was split into four quadrants and I was in Northeast. Um, and that, that had a board too of, I think five or seven people. Okay. So I was told, um, I was going into my senior year of high school and I was told, hey, if you run for Northeast District, you'll be president. Okay. You know, they, you know, people were really confident. They said, yeah, you, you, you definitely could be Northeast president. That'd be cool. You know, yeah. I love president All right. know, making decisions. Sweet. But I really wanted to be on state board because it was bigger. You could travel more. You got to meet more important people. And it looked more impressive from a leadership standpoint. Okay. So <laughs> the timing of it was really awkward. Because the district you ran for before you ran for state, but you, but if you won district, you couldn't run for state. Okay. So what I did was I was talking to my mom. My mom has always been like my, my sounding board. She's always been great. Shout out to Kathy. She's great. <laughs> um, I was talking to her and I said, I would rather not have this sure thing that everybody tells me I can have. Mm. And I would rather risk it because if I didn't make state board, there was just no board. I was graduating high school. I couldn't go back. Okay. And then I would have had nothing. Yeah. But I was willing to risk it for the great. I was willing to give up the good to get the great. Mm. And that God does that so much in our lives anyway. Yep. <laughs> uh, and so I didn't run, let the application go by, ran for state and did not get the first round. Oh, yeah. Oh. And I remember I was like, oh, did I make a terrible yep. decision? Mm. What have I done? Yep. Uh, by second round, I did get one of the nine spots. Okay. Ended up being the correct decision. And I've actually kind of used that as my litmus test of, am I brave enough and do I trust God enough that if I wait, mm-hmm. if there's margin, yep. because I don't like margin. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of waiting. I'm not a fan of... Uh, just saying like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just wait for my treat at the end. Yep. No, I want it now. Yep. I'm very impatient. That's, <laughs> that's one of my traits, patient and stubborn. Yep. Um, which Peter was like that too. So, okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just throw that in there. Um, but that was a really great way for me to test my faith at a very young age because I just remember having a lot of peace and praying about it. I was going to say, did you feel mm-hmm. like God was directing you to wait? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. But it's it's the world saying, well, you can have this now. Yeah. You can have this right now if you want to. And you can have yep. it really good. You know? Yep. Like you can have this apple now if you want. Yep. A good apple. Yep. It's a Fuji. Yep. Or a honey <laughs> a crisp. Fuji. Whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat in yeah. terms of um apples. Apples. <laughs> um, but if you wait two days, maybe you can get an, an edible arrangement. Right. Which is great. Yeah. Because there's marshmallows and chocolate in that one. <laughs> uh, and bananas and lots of other things. But um, but yeah, I think that's always been a very common theme is waiting even when I'm presented with a good option. Yep. I mean, that could be used in relationships. Totally. Oh, this person, this person's fine. They're okay. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with them. We could get married and everything's going to be, it's going to be, be okay. Fine. Yeah. It's and gonna and be fine. for a lot of people, it is fine. Yeah. I don't want fine. No. I don't want fine. My life has never been fine. Exactly. And I don't want any part of my life to be 
just fine. I think the, and the biggest thing, and I, I love that you mentioned that too, was because that was the question that I was having was like, mm-hmm. okay, someone said that you're guaranteed this, but you wanted better. It was like, okay, well, was this, was that test saying that she wanted better because she thinks you deserve better? Or was it because God put it on you where it's like, hey, like this, this is okay, mm-hmm. but I have more planned for you. Yeah. And so, I mean, and that's part of what my verse of the year is all about is yep. that I want him to go before me. Yes. And even if it hurts in the moment, even if I'm very unsure, there, my mom is a is a um, stockbroker, so she works a lot in the in the market, like the Wall Street market. Right, and she is always talking about what can what can we do to either mitigate risk with your money, mm-hmm. or do you want to take a lot of risk? Mm. And so I learned really early on that taking risks does come with the potential for loss. Right but it comes with the potential for incredible gain. Exactly. And so anytime you're you're thinking of a decision about, you know, do I move to this city? Do I either begin or end a relationship? Do I take this job? You kind of have to weigh out those risks. And as Christians, we are very very blessed to be able to say even if maybe this is the wrong decision because we don't always know mm-hmm. and we will make the I've made wrong oh, decisions. Yeah. And we'll probably make a lot more. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite authors, Andy Andrews says, even if you make the wrong decision, you can make a different one. Mm. You can always make a different one, no matter Mm. where you, I mean, there's very few decisions in life, Nick, that are irrevocable. Completely agree. A kid is one of them. You know, you got a kid. You can't really (laughs) take that back. (laughs) You can't really do that. Um, you know, uh, murder. You can't really take that that. back. Can't take that back. Um, but you can always start over. Yes. And my parents have been really, really kind and allowed us to make mistakes and start over. And I think that shows, they did a great job of showing us God's grace in that way because God will never look at you and say, oh, well, you made a decision. And now, you know, he does allow us to live with our consequences, Yep. but he doesn't ever say you're too far. Yep. So, and that's really been one of the themes of my life in addition to giving up the good to get the great. When I... I used to live in Indianapolis. Cold. Um, Very cold up it there. It's cold. Lots of snow. Yeah, there's snow. Um, <laughs> it's snowing right now. Um, yeah. When when I got promoted uh, the first time. I don't at, actually know what you do, to, Nick. I don't know what I do either. Okay. Uh, I'm a technical well, account let manager. Let me interview you now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, I'm a technical account manager for a company called Salesforce. Very cool. Um, oh, yeah. I know and, what Salesforce is. Yeah. So yeah that's I, legit. Yeah. So I work with, um, uh, a, now I work with one company, but I used to work with multiple companies. Mm-hmm. And I was like there, you mentioned middleman. Um, and, yeah. and it's funny because I was relating what I do right now to what you what you do. So yes. um, I'm like uh, I'm the the middle person between my clients and and our team. Love so that. the clients will go to me. I'll talk to them. I have that relationship with them. Mm-hmm. But I also have the relationship with our internal team. As so well. you're smart and emotionally intelligent. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, um, you're welcome. So. That's a hard that's a hard balance. to have. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. When I uh, when I first got that promotion, um, one of the benefits definitely at the time mm-hmm. was you didn't really have to go into the office anymore. Oh, so, nice. so I used to, I was used to going into the, I mean, then again, this was also like during COVID mm-hmm. I, it was kind of after COVID, but also like we weren't really being told to go into the office yet. Yeah. Um, but like I wanted to solidify that. So I got this job. Now it's, now it's a remote position. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, the first thing I said was, you know what? Thanks for the uh, promotion. I appreciate it. I'm moving to Colorado. Mm-hmm. So I packed up all my stuff. I moved to Colorado. Are you like a hiker or something? Yeah. Well, I love mountains. I Me love too. hiking. Yeah. yeah. I love mountains. I you love like a hiking. rock climber? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, yeah. I mean, consider I don't do the whole rock climbing actual thing, but like I love like 
let me go to the highest point possible. Yeah. I want to, yeah, I want to do that. So uh, let me find so a mountain. Like a crunchy dude. Crunchy? What like granola. Like you. Oh my yeah. gosh. No, but I, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I started running because I'm training for a marathon. Oh, very cool. And there's these like. I'm so sorry. No, it's. I know. <laughs> and it's funny too because like six months ago, I couldn't run a mile and now I just wow. did 13. Whoa. Yeah, it's insane. But That's there's, really amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. But there's yeah. these goo things, okay? And there's these goo things in like... um. Oh, I know it, what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. It's like little pouches. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it gives you caffeine and carbs and all these different things. And then basically, it's like I a cheat that. code. So like after I run like X amount of miles, I'm like, I need a cheat code. So I have this goo and it makes me... I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go again. I know. It gives you yeah. turn. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I go to Colorado because once again, it was like... And this was all me. Yeah. This was... I, I was like streaming on the side or whatever. And I like had this thing going and I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to do this. I want to go here. And this is all mm-hmm. like, I, this is going to be amazing. And I, I definitely once didn't pray about it. I yeah. was like, this is all going to be amazing. And I, I know it's going to be good. Yeah. So I go you know. there and I hated it. It, <laughs> it was like the first, the first thing that happens was before I even go into like my, my long-term house or like um living situation yeah i was in an airbnb well what happened was uh the the person um that i was doing that long-term airbnb with mm-hmm. like maybe like a sublease for her condo so like that's illegal um so <laughs> i i like go there and like i i when i try to get out of it i realize like oh i can't get out of it because i just signed a, a lease like for yeah. for this condo so like Ooh, airbnb stuck. yeah they took care of it but like that was terrifying yeah um then i finally go to my my long-term uh house or whatever mm-hmm. and it was just a terrible situation everything about it was bad and like my faith in god was just diminishing it was really? decreasing there was like nothing going like first of all Colorado, not like Georgia no, in the sense of like, different. yeah, Georgia, Christian, the church is everywhere. We just yeah. talked about that, right? Like church is literally everywhere. I could go five minutes away and you got Passion City Carmel yeah. right there. Easy peasy. Yeah. Um, not necessarily that case in Colorado. Yeah. So I wasn't going to church, wasn't diving in, wasn't reading scripture. Mm-hmm. Everything was me, me, me. I, I got this brand new job that was paying me even more money. I got, um, I, I was streaming and I was doing that and I was surrounded by a bunch of people that didn't believe in God. Um, so yeah, like all that'll, that'll suck you. Yeah, it, it just takes out all of your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to the whole diving in and praying about it, like what what got me through was when I, I couldn't take it anymore in Colorado. My sister and her husband live here in Georgia, mm-hmm. stay with them for a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh, like this is peace. And it's so mm-hmm. funny because my cousin is my coworker at oh, Salesforce. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have like almost the same job. I mean, now he's a manager, but whatever. All right, so. <laughs> I, I hate it's okay like it, it's funny yeah. because like i'll, I'll interview one of Did my you things catch was, he was a manager yeah mm. i think nick was a manager he's no, mentioned he's it. a manager well he's the manager of managers so like oh. it's i know it's not fair wow. no it is fair so he uh, it's so funny too because i like to train like all the new hires like that's the thing that i do Fun. um and when someone has him as like their manager, I'm like, oh, you have him. And I like make it a joke or I'm like, no, yeah. he's actually amazing. It's just my cousin. So I like to give him slack oh, yeah, all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, oh, where's I going with this? Okay. But one thing that he said to me was like, you're going to end up in Georgia with your family and like everything's going to be good. And I yeah. fought it because yeah. I, it's not what I wanted. I thought that I was supposed yeah. to go here. I thought I was supposed to do this and said, I was going to go to Colorado. Mm-hmm. I was going to be surrounded by mountains. I was going to have this life and everything was going to be great. Yeah. That was me. 
Oh yeah. I wasn't dropping in. I wasn't praying. I wasn't. I wasn't asking God where I was supposed to go. And so funny enough that when I when I couldn't take it anymore, mm-hmm. I've wound up in Georgia, which is where he told me I was going to end up the entire time. Like that's when I found Passion City, which is so funny because one of my friends from college mentioned Passion City to me. Mm-hmm. Totally forgot it existed. I was like, okay, sounds good left my memory yeah and then somehow i just i'm driving and like i find it i'm like okay like oh i'm gonna go here i loved it like first first sermon that i went to was grand partridge talking about how there's concrete evidence that proves that god is real i was like oh my gosh isn't i needed perfect? to isn't hear this funny right now how yeah. That yeah. Happens? yeah yeah isn't it when these these little coincidences end up being exactly what the person needs mm-hmm. unbelievable it's yeah. it's almost like god exists oh yeah he does so yeah um like it, that's basically what it was for me was I, I ended up coming here and like, it's so crazy because when you do ask God, when you do pray, when you, when you mm-hmm. do say, God, this is like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm going to, I'm going to put all, um, all into you. I'm going to give you all control. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to control my life anymore. I'm going to let you do it. Just yeah. take me where you want me and we'll see what happens. It's funny how, like how you said, those irreversible things that you thought were irreversible, mm-hmm. those those events that you thought you were stuck in, that you thought you couldn't get out of, yeah. all of a sudden they just magically, like everything solves itself. Well, touching on that, two things. Number one, read your contracts. And number two, trust God. <laughs> <laughs> Always read your contract, for sure. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of friends who are attorneys. And yeah. so, yeah, that's one thing I've learned from them. Read your contracts. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really great point. And it's, it's like Jonah. That kind of reminds me of the story of Jonah because I'm sure he was feeling like things weren't going very well for him yeah. either. <laughs> so yeah, you're probably in some good company there. But um, I think that's that's why the, the Bible is really encouraging and it's really, really quite beautiful because it is it is just riddled with people who made mistakes and people who are so imperfect. Yep. Again, I feel like I'm Peter. I feel like I have so many of his traits because he was stubborn yep. and um, wasn't great with his money. But no, I mean, it's it's really encouraging though because you can find any situation I think you're in, you can find something in the Bible that talks about that. And I think with you, it felt very, I see a lot of parallels between Jonah and you. Ben Stewart said something. Oh, I love Ben. He's he's my favorite bald man. He is. Oh, bald man. Okay, I like Ben Stewart a lot. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um. Um. But one thing that he said recently was like, oh, "I'm gonna butcher this. I'm sorry, it's Ben. Okay. I'm sorry." But he mentioned, um, you don't necessarily need to be the hero. Like it, w- we mm, like people that. think that we need to be perfect. People think that like they're you. Maybe you were lost or you were fall or you were like lost and you found Christ. And now now mm-hmm. you need to be this perfect person after you find Christ. But like the only perfect person was Jesus. Mm-hmm. He is the only hero. So don't. I feel like what he was trying to say was people feel like if you don't live this perfect life, then you're a lot, then you're lost and that, that mm-hmm. you're not maybe a true Christian or whatever the situation is. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't listen to that. Yeah, like, definitely don't. No, people make mistakes. That's what makes us literally human. Mm-hmm. And what the most important thing is, is uh, you mentioned this before too, is like shame. Like don't, don't be shameful. Don't mm-hmm. feel like you're lost. Yeah. So like continue down that path with jesus and yes you're going to make mistakes along the way but at the end of the day like just continue pursuing christ and your yeah. good things are going to happen i think you really fall into a trap of um perfectionism when you view yourself as higher than you are mm. and i struggle with that a lot i think i got past that um when i had that when i just quit my job and didn't have any any plans because it really it showed me like hey guess what you are replaceable yeah and um 
you know, obviously God thinks we are so special and, and there's nothing in the Bible that contradicts that. I think sometimes we take ourselves too seriously mm. and that's when we fall into the trap of, well, if I don't make the right decision, then I won't be perfect anymore. You're not perfect now. Yep. Get over it. Yep. Like, I don't know, go do something really embarrassing and just bring <laughs> yourself down a couple of notches. That's what I did. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't recommend quitting your job without a plan, but it does a lot for you, your humility, Yeah. Uh, your humility. But, um, but yeah, and it's funny, it's really funny that, that we bring this up, but, uh, I took an improv class. I take a couple improv classes because it helps so much with oh, on bet. camera work yeah. and it's just, it feels like therapy. It's so fun. <laughs> you just really get to let loose and just play. You yeah. feel like, you feel like you're five again, yeah. which is great because you're laughing and you, you're just expressing yourself and we don't do that enough. But my improv teacher, he always said, your choices are enough. And I like that, but I like to add on. Mm. Your choices in Christ are enough. If you can pray about it and you say, God, I'm going to make this decision. Yep. I'm kind of, I'm one of those people. <laughs> you feel like, do you, have you ever seen the movie Finding Nemo? Yeah. Do you remember the the, the scene when Nemo's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to touch the boat. I'm going to touch the boat. I am that kid. I'm like, I one fin up. I'm like, I'm going to touch the butt. And I'm sure God rolls his eyes at me all the time. I think my guardian angel, I don't even have one anymore. He just like, he quit. He said, this kid, too much, too much. Yeah, it's been years. I've been yeah. flying solo with God. Yeah, just me. Just me and Big G. But, oh my gosh. But yeah, it's, it's like, you know, I'm that person that I'll almost kind of like dare God. I'm like, hey, do you, do you see what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. Do you approve? Like, mm -hmm. what, like I'm going to do mm. it anyway unless you stop me. Uh, I think that kind of comes from the stubbornness. <laughs> but even when I made that decision to yep. take that job, yeah, and it it took me through an, a terrible situation. Yes, I see God's handprint on it. Hundred percent. Was it the right decision? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. Did it end up being the right decision? Absolutely. Write your story. You, once again, we, we both experienced different situations where maybe we were, we did what we wanted to do. It mm -hmm. was like, Hey, you know what? It's my plan now. <laughs> I love doing I'm what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm the captain now. And God yeah. is like, Hey, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be doing that. But you're like, no, but like he allowed that's free will. He the allows us, he allows us to make these decisions. Yeah. But the best part is when we turn back to him, Mm-hmm he has the plan for us and and then then we're going back on his path yeah yeah and at the end of the day um that's all you can ask for yeah because that's the best place to be <laughs> taz thank you so much for thank being you, here Nick. thank you so much for joining i really do appreciate it yeah. and i feel like there's so much goodness inside of this that we could <laughs> all get from <laughs> it's really good thanks for having me on absolutely this is the finding faith podcast and y'all have a good one take it easy <laughs>